Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Otaku Ryoho, the podcast where we talk about psychological themes and otherwise non psychological themes using <laughs> anime as illustration. I am Jen Ramos, and I am accompanied by my co host, Josue Cardona. Hello. So, the way the podcast works for new listeners is like a turn based format where each round a co host will pick a theme to discuss and an anime to illustrate it. Today it's my round, and I chose to talk about ethical judgments. And the anime that I want to bring up is、uh, Death Parade, right? <laughs> so, the way I, I thought about this was so, last episode we were talking about afterlives. And I sort of got hung up on the idea that、um, in a lot of religions, it's very common for people to believe that the afterlife holds a sort of like、um, judgment role in which, you know, good people are rewarded and bad people are sort of like punished. And I, that sort of gave me the idea of maybe talking about. You know, how we make these sort of judgments and, you know, what is good and what is bad and whether punishment is appropriate or not. And I thought it was very interesting. So the anime I, I chose to sort of use to illustrate this was Death Parade. Did you get to see the episode? I saw the first episode. Yeah. Is that I, enough? <laughs> yeah. I watched it today. And then I noticed that it was probably more informative to see the first and second episode. I, I got the same feeling. Yes. Because <laughs> um, it gave you sort of like the explanation and the little plot twist on, on the first episode that I think I'm going to spoil in my explanation to why I think this episode was good. Yeah, please, please do. Yeah, because、uh, what I saw was. Two people who seemed to die, and then they were at this bar and they were forced to play a game.、Mm-hmm. And they、uh, only one of them could win.、Mm-hmm. And at the end, one of them won, and the other one was carried away. And、mm-hmm. yeah, I think I was missing some context. <laughs> yeah. Well, the way, the way it works is that when you die, you go to this bar in which you have to play a game, right? But the game, it doesn't matter who wins the game per se. The game is merely supposed to expose parts like hidden parts of your personality or like、um, your deepest, darkest secrets, so that then Desim, which is the main character, can make a judgment on whether you are overall a good or bad person and whether you deserve, you know, like in this case, it's like. For your soul to be reincarnated, so like you, your soul keeps on living or it's sent to the void, right? Is Desim the bartender? Yeah, the,、okay. the one with the white hair, right? Yeah, yeah. And so in this episode, the, the two dead persons, right, the, the husband and the wife, it turns out to be some sort of like issue where he thought she was cheating on him.、Um, and so. I think in the end of the episode, sort of like the judgment he makes is that she cheated on, him, on the husband. So that makes her deserve eternal punishment, or, well, in this case, for her soul to be thrown into the void. 
and I remember feeling very sort of like uncomfortable with that idea, right? Hmm. Hmm. How how can one simple like one single action in your life make you like deserve for your soul to be like thrown into the void, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something that makes me uncomfortable just in general of how we make these judgments on people, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's you know, can you really judge somebody on one action they've done in their lives or you know, do we is, is that fair? I would say it's not, but you know, how do we make these judgments, right? This topic has never been discussed in the history of mankind ever ever before. <laughs> yeah, I bring it up. It's not um I'm going to like um, start this mm-hmm. topic. I'm going to call it ethics. I think <laughs> like, I don't think anybody has ever thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think people will be talking about this for a long time. Maybe, maybe teach it in schools, discuss it. Should be interesting. I think you're onto something. Yeah. But then this is the question. I mean, is there such a thing as good and evil? What do you believe? What do I believe? I believe that Man, what do I believe? I believe that I have a personal code mm-hmm. of what is of what I consider good and evil, but I don't believe in a universal. Like I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think everybody is ever going to agree on what is good mm-hmm. and evil. That's yeah, my position. Th- is that an answer? I'm, Does that count? I think yeah, that's a good answer. I mean. Do we can we actually not agree on what is good and evil? I mean, generally, you can say like murder is evil, right? Or it's so, bad. So, again, like I think there's a Venn diagram, right, where like <laughs> good and evil for everybody, and then in, there there's like an overlapping part in the middle where people are like, well, mm-hmm. and it depends, and it was necessary, so it's okay, or it's like it's not really evil if nobody's getting hurt, and you know things like that victimless crime blah 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 like like there's a lot of exceptions and and uh loopholes and all sort of <laughs> and then it gets it gets blurry in some points like i don't th- i don't think it's black and white for i think it's black and white for a lot of people but i don't mm-hmm. think that everybody agrees that's my position i think it's it's a very good separation between um what is like value based judgment or principle based judgment in which like values are something that generally are sort of like absolute right it's like you know um honesty is good that's sort of like a value right and so being honest is super important and then when you're not honest you're doing something that's bad and principles sort of when you when we use principles instead of values it's saying like honesty is a good principle, but let's see if in this particular case and situation, honesty was the best choice, right? Hmm. That's that's sort of like a concept in ethics. Okay. okay. And, and then that sort of also like draws the separation between what ethics is and what morality is. Morality mm-hmm. is more of like our, our own personal principles, like... It, it it responds to a more emotional like state of whether this is wrong or not, right? Whereas ethics tends to be more like it, it tends to have a code, it tends to have rules, and it's sometimes you know depending on on the context, whether it's a professional context or a personal context, those rules are going to change, right? 
confidentiality isn't as important to a normal person than to a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's that's sort of also like an important sort of distinction to draw straight from the map, right? Mm-hmm. So in this episode, what we were sort of exploring was that they were sort of suspecting that the wife was cheating on the main character, on the sorry, on the husband, right? And so when the husband keeps like accusing her to the point where at the end she sort of admits to to having cheated on him. Well, she admitted that she never loved him, that she only uh, married him for his money, and that obviously she had like yeah another relationship. Yeah, and so pretty what, cut and dry. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cut and dry until in the next episode we get introduced to this new character, which is a. A human, not like the Decim. Decim isn't actually human. Is this the woman with the black hair? Yeah, that's the woman with the black hair. Right. I didn't finish seeing the second episode, but I started. <laughs> and so her job is actually to sort of be like an assistant to Decim. Okay. And what we see during that second episode is her actually seeing the events of the first episode happen. And by the end, she asks, she asks Decim, you know, so who ended up going to the void and who ended up reincarnated? And he says, you know, I reincarnated the husband and then I sent the wife to the void. And she was like, I think you made the wrong choice. Because I think from the way she was expressing herself that she admitted to having cheated on, on the husband because she noticed that she was her husband would have been more comfortable with the fact that they both died if he believed that she had indeed cheated on him. So she lied, right? She lied to protect him emotionally because the reason they died was because the husband was jealous over the idea of her cheating on him. So they were driving on a curb and then he, he started asking her, you know, who's calling you? Like, I'm going to find out, right? And at that very moment, like, he's not looking at the road and he's kids off and die and and they both die, right? And so, right, there's that that event at the end of the first episode where he's like crying. And he's, he's sort of like stating like, you know, I, the, we must have died for a reason. It's because you were cheating on me. This can't be true. If you weren't cheating on me, he had to face the fact that he essentially killed them both over something that wasn't true. And so, in a in a, she understands that they're gonna be separated because of how they explain like this is like the afterlife. They're gonna judge them for reincarnation or something. So she literally just says like, you know what? Sure, I'm gonna give you this peace of mind. I did cheat on you, like, and then the main character chooses to sort of send her to the void, which sort of also brings to the idea that most of the time, and I would mostly say all of the time, we don't have a clear picture of everything that leads up to a moment, right? To the choice in a moment. And I think that that also complicates things in terms of like ethics, right? Like, where do we draw the line of what is sort of events brought a particular like decision and whether we choose to like excuse that that lapse of judgment or not right so for example like in like forensic psychology right it's very hard for a lot of 
practitioners to sort of deal with the fact that they're working with criminals and with the the you know the moral sort of outrage of the criminal act but at the same time trying to sort of like see the humanity in that person right and trying to see the events that led to the actions that that person took and i think personally taking those things into consideration are very important but it's not necessarily something that everybody has to do but rather people who have you know the power to emit judgments on people yeah yeah so like like who has so so who has that power i mean personally i would say like doctors or or people who work in law right in law enforcement hmm. um hmm mental health practitioners Ooh. right <laughs> And, okay, so, so use mental health practitioners as, as an example. Mm -hmm. Like how, why? Well, why do they have to make those decisions? You have to make that decision because personally you have to find out, sometimes you have to testify in court, right? And you have to say whether that person was of right mind or wasn't of right mind in order to make a decision, right? Uh, is that related to good versus evil it's not related to good versus evil but it, yeah. it it is related to sort of like to what degree can we sort of like justify an act whether it's good or evil it doesn't matter like to which degree can we justify an act right mm -hmm. like yeah mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> this is uh 20 different directions mm -hmm. that my brain is going but I'm going to settle on. Okay, so so in this situation, there are people who make those decisions, and I think that in some cases, like for example, to use Dragon Ball Z as an example again, <laughs> uh, like King Yama, like when you die, you go up to the to the gate. He's there, and he's like, you know, mm, you know, you go to heaven, you go to hell. Mm -hmm. uh, Santa Claus, not an anime character, but. Mm -hmm. um, have I seen any anime with Santa Claus? I don't remember, but but <laughs> Santa Claus is like, okay, you're naughty or you're nice, and that you know, like mm -hmm. he seems to be the the judge in mm -hmm. that in that instance. Yeah. But in something like a mental health professional, especially in the matters of law enforcement, lawyers is a whole other thing, and I won't get to that. Uh, I'll get to that later. But mm -hmm. those are like someone wrote laws, and then you have to work within those laws. Mm -hmm. Right. So like there's someone, there's something else or someone else that is establishing the laws by which you, which may be just part of the context, right. But it, mm -hmm. which then informs the decision that you're making mm -hmm. because, because that, I mean, that changes everything. It's like, okay, well, well, we, you have to agree what laws you're playing by, what rules you're playing by, and then you can make a decision. And it's, it's like, it's almost like you're, especially in the case of like mental health professional, I think mm -hmm. it's like you may have certain beliefs, you may even have certain opinions, but there's still there's there's legal laws, there's a diagnostic and statistical manual, mm -hmm. there are all of these other things in play, and you have to kind of move within those those things, right? Mm -hmm. So it it gets super complicated. Those are my thoughts on that <laughs> on that part. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I find it very interesting. I would. I've recently been watching um, Psychopaths. I don't know if you've watched that anime. I started watching it, yeah. Yeah, a while back. And I found that anime to also be like a good addition to sort of this discussion because the very mm -hmm. 
the the premise of the anime is that like you have this you have the capacity to sort of measure the the likelihood of a person committing a crime right and so imagine you have that gun in your hands and you you sort of point it at someone and let's say it's like there's a 99 percent chance that this person will likely kill somebody else right Mm -hmm. at 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 this very moment like do you take that decision or, or or is it like a just decision to end their life right in that moment right are you asking me? <laughs> okay, so that's let's let's leave that as an open-ended question. But sure, yeah, yeah, what would what would be your your personal answer? I have no. I mean, I can't. I can't even entertain the thought without. That's a not enough information. Yeah, but part of the the premise of of the series, right? You don't have a lot of information, but a crime coefficient, right? Right, right, right. So th- does the gun scan them? I forgot. Yeah, they scan you. It's like you already have this- it, like it unlocks, right? If if the if it, the coefficient is yeah, after a, exactly. a certain level. Yeah. So yeah. so there's three settings. Like there's like the gun has the safety on, there's like a sedation sort of like bullet and then there's like a deadly bullet. And depending on how high your crime coefficient is is how severe the unsafety coupling of the gun is right yeah 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 and so part of the interesting part of the first episode is that the main character points the gun at somebody with a very high crime coefficient and this person is very likely to sort of kill someone but then that's something that happens like right there at that moment right and then she talks that person down into having a lower um, crime coefficient. So the thing is that the the sort of premise of the show is that if you had a gun that could make that judgment for you of like, you know, does this person need to be stopped? Does their life need to be terminated right now? If that gun is able to make that judgment, shouldn't you either way make your own judgment, right? Is that judgment enough? So, so in the series, the gun doesn't fire on its own, right? You still have to fire? You have to fire it, yeah. Right, right. So it's still ultimately up to you. You're still making a decision. Mm-hmm. They're just... It's like computer-assisted chess. Mm-hmm. It's giving you all these, like, like the best... This like this is what we really suggest. These are the top three moves. Mm-hmm. But you, but ultimately, you decide. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that series is so fascinating. I can't... It, it's the most Josue series in the world, probably. <laughs> and I can't believe I, I've never finished watching it. But... Uh, yeah, it's like that crime coefficient is an algorithm, basically, mm-hmm. that is looking at a whole bunch of things. And it's like, oh, this person is agitated, so they're more likely to commit a crime. Mm-hmm. You can kill them now versus, oh, no, they're relaxed now, so you don't have to. So there are all these moments in between where you have a choice. Mm-hmm. Again, like this this conversation could go into like law enforcement, and it is it, it goes into, yeah. ugh, I don't even feel comfortable having that yeah. conversation. Into gun but, control. <laughs> Oh, it's a whole bunch of stuff, uh, and 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 law enforcement in general. But uh, yeah, no, that those are there. There's like a little bit more information. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the agency's policy is, right? If it's like, oh no, like we need to avoid crimes as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So you take that shot, mm-hmm. and and that's the if that's the law. Like if 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 that's your job and your livelihood depends on it, right? It's 
like that's the way they were trained you know that's the way that that society works mm-hmm. there's so many things that go that go into that because now you're not even talking about i mean we can we can talk about more about like punishment mm-hmm. like like you're talking about like just killing somebody right yeah mm-hmm. i don't know uh i don't i guess murder is a type of judgment i guess yeah i think it's like the the ultimate, the ultimate judgment. judgment yeah yeah it's Depends literally on- sending somebody into the void uh, if, if that's your belief system in my belief system they're just yeah. hitting a reset button <laughs> they're just they're making you lose all your progress yeah damn it what an inconvenience okay. um so so it depends on your view yeah yeah i don't know no i'm not i'm you know you've asked me already a few questions that are traps i'm not gonna i'm not gonna answer them <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna commit to to answer some of these questions okay um this is like actually this is like this is um there's a new game from Cyanide and Happiness called uh, Trial by Trolley. Ah, uh, yeah. With a trolley so, problem. Yeah, yeah. So what it does is uh, you have these two tracks and then like one deck of cards is um, like things on one side and, and the other deck of cards is things on the other. And you're constantly comparing the two to decide who's going to die. Mm-hmm. And there are these cards that are qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So it's like this person is... I'm I'm completely making this up. I don't I don't remember if this is actually it, but it's like one side is a nun and the other side is a a I don't know, like a dog trainer. Mm-hmm. And then but it's like but the nun like never paid her library fees or something like that. Like like or never return or like always leaves the seat up or something like that. Or mm-hmm. like uses the toilet roll paper paper upside down. I don't know. Like things like that, right? It's like these small little qualifiers you're like, ah, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> I want to punish that or like mm, I don't know. Okay, that context does change everything. Continue. <laughs> but I mean personally, like you know that Frieza is like a bad person, right? Like if you had a child and see and Frieza was standing right next to your child, would you, you know, what would your reaction be? Would you be like, you know, go and meet Frieza, shake hands. Listen, listen now we're having a nature versus nurture conversation. <laughs> His father was no, was, was no good. His brother was not a good influence. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was raised a certain way. Okay. I have no idea about his family history. <laughs> oh Yeah cooler is his 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 father mm-hmm. seriously uh i forgot his brother's name his brother's name i forgot but they're like you know i mean you know you're brought up by a villain like mm-hmm. how much of that is his fault i mean you know it's now we're going into ethics and morality and all these other things i, I, don't, I don't know i don't know if frieza's a bad guy <laughs> frieza so so in, in in dragon ball super frieza helps save the universe are his motivations actually he helps save I'll I'll just leave it at that in case someone hasn't seen. He saves. He he helps. He's basically a good guy at the end. Okay. There's a there's a <laughs> quote from the Dalai Lama that I always paraphrase and probably get wrong. But it's like, as long as good is done in the world, mm-hmm. the intention behind it like is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Meaning that like it's still going to benefit other people, mm-hmm. even if it's if it even if it was selfish, mm-hmm. it was still good that it happened. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I kind I kind of believe that. So. Also, like, does does this act, the saving trillions of people, erase the millions of people that he killed before? Yeah. Like, are we on a point system? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and and at what point does the judgment come in? Because technically, at this point, he's already been to hell. 
and serve time there. Yeah. So like, did he not serve enough time? <laughs> Who made that decision? And now that he did all this other stuff, like, does that mean that he has to go back to hell? Does he get less time in hell? Does he, does he, does he not go back to hell? Is there another punishment? Was he like a different person after going to hell? Did he improve? No. 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 So hell no. was just like punishment and then without a, an ulterior motive but to punish wrongdoing, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, that was punishment. There was no, yeah. there was no rehabilitation exactly. there. Exactly. That's the word I was yeah. looking for. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know, John. I don't know if Frieza is a bad guy. <laughs> I can't just look at Frieza now and say like, you know, he's like, is he a villain? Yes. Is he, is he like a bad guy? Sure. Mm-hmm. But like, good versus evil? Like, okay, maybe I would even consider him evil. But once you get into the judgment part of it, right, which was the, mm-hmm. the original idea for this episode, yeah, like judgment and punishment. I don't know, man. Ultimately, I think he did more good than bad. I mean, if you if say you do, if you want to if, quantify it, if you say Frieza's a bad guy in general, you're making a judgment there, right? Well, but, but no, 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 no. So, 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 sure, I'm I'm making a a quality judgment mm-hmm. that that there's no there's no uh, there's no action connected to that judgment. Uh-huh. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not uh, saying one sentence he deserves. I'm not saying what punishment he deserves. Yeah, but that I'm that's just, not uh, is that part of a judgment? Like depends how you define the word, I guess, right? Like uh-huh. I'm, I'm think there's like there's like a deliberation type of judgment, right? Uh-huh. It's like which is which is kind of how I came into this, uh-huh. versus a I don't know a qualitative judgment. I don't I don't know what the what the correct yeah term would be. I it's literally like, look, I don't know. Look. John John, sometimes you're an asshole. I don't know, <laughs> but does that is that like is that a judgment? Is that I don't, I don't know maybe. But it's not the kind of judgment that I came in here uh, with. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're an asshole. You've never been an asshole to me, for the record. I think hmm, you said sometimes, <laughs> so it's not never. Who knows? Hmm? Who knows what I said? I just looked up the the definition for judgment, right? And, Go for it. Yeah, and it's literally both definitions, but separate. Yep. <laughs> There's like the ability to make considered decisions or come to sensible conclusions. Or a misfortune or calamity viewed as divine punishment. There you go. There you go. So yeah, I was thinking of the latter. <laughs> so when I was when I was bringing up the topic of judgment, I was thinking more of the first one, like ethical judgments. Like, mm. how do you come to these conclusions of you know this is good, this is bad, right? So it's it's interesting because the way I thought of this, I actually all of my examples that I came with mm-hmm. are actually ended up. They're not really judge like they're not like. They're all curses, basically. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in Ranma, uh, Ranma half, mm-hmm. uh, Ranma yeah. one half. I forgot. I forgot how to pronounce that. Ranma, Ranma one, one half. half. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is cursed, and so is his father. Mm-hmm. And they were cursed because they went swimming, or they 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 stepped into these like forbidden pools of water. Mm-hmm. And each pool has a different curse on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and him and his father just stepped into different ones. Yeah. So his father turns into a panda and he turns into a girl. And it's like, that is one hell of a consequence. Like, who decided that? <laughs> Why is that the uh, the the consequence for stepping into there, right? And maybe you could just say, like, it's just a cause, cause and effect thing, right? Uh-huh. Like, 
like an allergic reaction or like, you know, you get stung or like you cut yourself, you bleed, blah, blah, blah. Like you can establish those rules. But the fact that it calls it a curse, it adds this element of it to it. Like somebody made the decision that anybody who touches this is going to be punished in the following way. And so I kept I kept looking, um, thinking of different uh, anime that, that does this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The one of the first ones that came to mind was Full Metal Alchemist, where there are laws. There's this universal law of equal exchange, right? Mm-hmm. And it works in a certain way, right? Like in, in general, it just means you can't make something out of nothing. Yeah. There's always you're always using one thing to make it other thing. Mm-hmm. And but there's like there's like there's like forbidden ones, right? There's like stuff that you just can't do, mm-hmm. like bringing people back to life. And if you do that one, like it almost seems like, you know, it's like, it's not even just, well, anyway, but the main character, right? The main characters, mm-hmm. uh, you see Alphonse loses his whole body, mm-hmm. but he still has a soul. Like he can still live. It it feels very much like a punishment for, for, messing with these laws that are forbidden but like, is it is it really a punishment or a judgment in the second definition of the word maybe you know maybe it's phrased that way but essentially they are forbidden because they are dangerous it's not like they are cursed because it they were forbidden it's because they did something dangerous right this is why this has been debated for since the beginning of time, right? At some point, somebody, some people believe that there is a universal design and these laws are there for a reason, mm-hmm. right? And so if someone designed the laws and the rules and the cause and effect, then it's like, it feels like there's some judgment there. But who forbids it? depends on it, how you look right? at it. Exactly. Who's, That's my question. Who's the one who forbids it? Because, per example, I could say, you know, it is forbidden to stand in the middle of a highway, Right. There's laws that tell you you shouldn't stand in the middle of a highway. No, no, but there's a consequence to that. Yeah, but then, you know, the reason you died isn't because you did a forbidden thing. It's because you stood somewhere that was dangerous, right? It's not... No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. But but whoever said that it's forbidden Mm -hmm. is not the person that killed you. Exactly. The person who said forbidden is the person who gave you a ticket or locked you up. So the forbidden, you know, rules in alchemy, right? Who wrote them? Was it just like a government alchemic agency that says, you know, these things are forbidden because you can't really do them without losing too much? Or was it like God in general who decided this thing was forbidden and whoever did it would be punished? Well, it seems to be a universal law, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. so it seems to be like an elemental si- some people might call it science, but when you're looking at judgment, right? It's like, okay, whatever. So like at some point, someone or something made the decision that you can, you can transmute everything, everything and anything, Mm -hmm. but not that. Hmm. And if you do, this is what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Like the result could have been different, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're basically talking about magic here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, anything but that you can't do that. Yeah. That's the only one you can't do. <laughs> and if you do, it's like the forbidden fruit yeah. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden. Yeah. Right? It's like, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever, but not that one. You do that one, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. There's, this, there's this twisted, um, uh, like when you, when you start talking about the fact that someone has the power to make a judgment and, and like create some consequences that are arbitrary. Mm-hmm. 
in these systems because they all they all are all arbitrary. If nobody can, if if we can't all agree, then it's it's arbitrary. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's something about that. Like, oh, these people, these witches curse this person, or like that person, you get cursed because you stepped in there. It's like, sorry, you crossed the line. You can transmute anything, but not this. Mm-hmm. It's like. Mm. And now they never really answer that question in, in Full Metal Alchemist. It's like who who made the rule? It's just it's just there. Mm-hmm. If they went in and it's like it's like now we were talking about good and evil. Who decides what's good and evil? Some people have a very clear answer for that. It's like God decides what's good and evil, mm-hmm. or you know whatever entity or deity or, or different things. Other people are like, no, I decide what's good and evil. And some people are like. Judgment is out of my hands. We'll be judged when we die. Other people are like, I judge people now. It's good and evil. And I impart my own consequences for that, mm-hmm. which means like, you know, I'll treat you like shit. <laughs> if I think, you know, if you've been judged this way or I'll do something else or in psychopaths, it's like, I don't know. It's like, because there it's law enforcement. It's like, there's rules, there's laws. It's it's a little different. Psychopaths is a whole other topic, man. I I, oh, I gotta watch that show completely. Yeah, it's great. It's um, great. I'm, I'm, I'm falling in love with it. I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotta watch it. <laughs> you have any other yeah. anime examples you brought up? Um, no. I mean, uh, Full Metal Alchemist is one of the ones I thought of the most. Mm-hmm. Ranma, um, Berserk, uh, guts is is cursed, and like his punishment is that he's he basically attracts demons. Mm-hmm. I forgot how he got cursed though. I think I'm I'm not sure I'm I think I'm confusing this a little but he's like I think he pissed off some witches <laughs> at some point. It's always those witches. Sure. I think so. I'm probably mixing it up with like Angel or something but but there's there's that one um oh there's uh so when we were going to do on a previous episode for mm-hmm. the it may have been the last one the death one I watched Angel Beats. Mm-hmm. And and so when you die it's I really interesting watching the, it. the show. So, so I, I may spoil something because I had to. I, I read up a little bit more, like further down the road. Okay. And it apparently, so so when it starts, it's like you die and you you're basically enrolled in a school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a you're like in the middle of a battle royale in the afterlife with the, these different factions or different schools. But apparently, it's a the setup is that you are there to face your demons, basically. Like you're there to to like or not face your demons, but like to overcome a trauma. Mm-hmm. that was that was a problem for you in life you're given a second chance to overcome it and then once you do that then you can go on to it's basically limbo oh so it's, yeah it's, it's a, like it's a, a version of limbo. but like yeah. not of your sins but of your trauma right i think so i think that's the way it is yeah mm. yeah like i, I sort of got that idea from the first okay. episode because yeah i i yeah. noticed that the the sort of from the first episode the main characters are like you know, we don't want to die. There's this creature that comes and sort of like the angel, right? Like, and comes in and, and wants to kill us. So we'll have to do everything we can to sort of stay alive. Um, even yeah, after death, yeah. right? But then part yeah, of me was yeah. like, yeah, I think this is this is going to turn into something more that this is like a, a rite of passage or something yeah that's my that's my understanding yeah and yeah. and you have to sort of overcome your sort of like ego and trying to you know preserve your 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 life and you set to give like give yourself into the process of overcoming yeah. your trauma so that's interesting yeah. and i'm really interested in keeping in, in watching that show seeing where it, yeah. where it leads so yeah 
Another example I, I wanted to bring up was Death Note, right? Have you seen Death Note? Um, very little of it. Okay. So the I didn't I did not see the live action Netflix version. Have you seen that one? I've seen every single I, thing of Death Note. Okay. Yeah, I, I read the manga originally. I've seen part of the anime. Whoa. Which okay. is I saw the beginning of the anime. Yeah. I've seen the Japanese live action movies, which are amazing. And then the Netflix live action movies, which are it they're good if you've never been exposed to Death Note, right? It's like Gotcha. It's not the best Death Note, but it's still good. On its o- on its own sort of merit and taking into consideration that it's like an American sort of like appropriation of the of the story. Because there's a lot of themes that are very, very, very American in in the remake. Like there's a whole thing about homecoming, which is like such an American <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, if you see it as its own thing, like a teenage high school drama, then it it can actually stand as a as a good movie. But if you're looking to, you know, see Death Note, you you're you're gonna get pretty disappointed. Or personally, that well, was I'm a big experience. Homecoming fan, so I'm gonna watch the Netflix version. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so the premise of that show or that anime is that the main character finds a notebook that when you write somebody's name in that notebook, they die. And so the main character, he's the son of a cop, right? Or, or a detective, I think, is more appropriate, right? And so he notices that a lot of criminals. You know, you have all the evidence sort of like stacked against them, but somehow they they get out scot-free to sort of commit crimes again. And so he sort of starts like dispensing justice with with that notebook, right? And it's a lot of power that's given to the Yeah, he, he's the given a lot of power. Yeah. And so it got me to there's a certain point where there's one character that, that becomes infatuated with him, right? And she becomes infatuated with him because at some point of her life, somebody was about to murder her and then he he killed him, right, with a notebook. And so it gives you this sort of, the you know, the typical question of like, is it a bad thing to kill somebody who's like right at the moment just about to kill somebody else? Like, is killing a self-defense bad, right? And I think in general, we sort of agree that no, right? Like, if we see somebody that's about to, like, murder somebody else, the desperate act of trying to save that person's life through murder is not generally, like, a bad act, right? I'm not answering your, your questions that are putting me into a trap. <laughs> we have to answer these questions. My, no, my job... No, I refuse. My job <laughs> is to confuse you and make you look bad in front of everyone. I refuse. Right. But I think these questions are, they're like important to make. If one were to say like that judgment is right, then there's another judgment that we must make. If there is another, if there's a cop, right, in that situation, and the cop which witnesses you about to murder the murderer, right, and he shoots you, is that also a good judgment, right? Like, if you're about if if you can accept like a murderer is about to kill an innocent, so you murdering that murderer is good, can the cop murdering the murderer's murderer be also a good judgment? Did you say the murderer's murderer or the murderous murderer? Murderer's murderer with apostrophe. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and you know, I thought I found that like very interesting sort of discussion point because that's something that's brought up often in Death Note. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Light's sort of like ethics become more and more like distorted as he sort of uses this reasoning more often. Like if you dispense justice and then somebody's preventing you from dispensing dispensing justice, are those people then making an appropriate ethical judgment or are they evil people too? And like that's that's light's sort of like thought process. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's a great that's a great example. It's a it's it shows so many the series shows so many individual examples of this playing out. Yeah. And it being distorted and it changing over time and and you agreeing and disagreeing and yeah, yeah, yeah. And the main villain of the of the series, uh L, right? Which is like everybody's favorite villain, um his job is to, you know, find whoever is this serial murderer that kills people you know without touching them or without being in the crime scene but he his ultimate goal is to get the death penalty for the main character right and that makes it so much more interesting because he's literally advocating for a legalized sort of like more comfortable version of what the main character is already doing right so he his main sort of motivation is is proving to the main character like you know you're killing all these all these like criminals but i'm gonna stop you and i'm gonna have you killed but legally so ethically i'm in the right and that's that's i don't know that series i think is is definitely like a very good entry point for a lot of ethical discussions yeah for real absolutely and another sort of thing I, w- I wanted to bring up was Princess Mononoke. Have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Ghibli film, and it centers around that same sort of ethical judgment. The main character is told at the beginning of the film as he sort of slays this this cursed beast, right, that's cursed with hatred. And when he does so and sort of like gives it like a a proper burial he's sort of told to go to the source of that beast hatred and try to like sort things out with unclouded eyes i think is what they tell him to do and his job is literally to go into a conflict and determine who is right right that's literally or determining what the right action to be taken is but it turns out to be a lot more complicated than that because when he he finds out what the main conflict is is that you know a one party is composed of you know people who were downtrodden who were treated unjustly in their in their population because they were mostly lepers or something like that they've created a a society of their own and they're trying to defend themselves personally with firearms, right? Because that's how you do, you defend your society. But in order to build up that society, they have to destroy a forest, right? They have to mine those resources. And the forest is sort of like fighting against that, which is the other party, right? Because, you know, somebody's destroying their, their hometown. And it comes to this point where it's like, they, they like people in general we need resources right 
And when faced with war, we essentially need more resources than we usually do. And it's this sort of thing where, like, he's forced to make an ethical judgment of, you know, who's right. And essentially he does. Like, he picks a side. And I think that's very important. I think that's part of the, I think one of the things that is most important that that movie posits is that sometimes we we have to take everything into consideration, right? We have to see things with eyes unclouded as the main character is is sort of told to do. But at the end, most of the time we have to make a choice. And sometimes that choice means picking a side, right? Like seeing things with eyes unclouded does not necessarily mean that we don't have to pick sides. It means that like we have to view things from an outside perspective and then see what the best mode of action is. And sometimes that requires picking a side, right? Sometimes you're forced to pick a side. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. And sometimes not picking a side is picking a side. Mm -hmm. That's true. But I find it very interesting because it sort of like complicates the 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 sort of like discussion we're having on on sort of ethical judgments. I'll give you I'll give you one more example that I had, which was uh, which reminded me of now. It's a series called Dororo, mm-hmm. and it is I did not know this, but it is Osuma Tetsuka's first comic, like first manga mm-hmm. before Astro Boy. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. It's very oh, it's so cool to see it. So so, but there's a there's a new version of the anime. I think there was a there was a previous one. So there's a new version of the anime, and in the story, there's this. Uh, he is like the governor of a province, mm-hmm. and there's famine. There's like locusts. Like it is, is really bad. So he basically makes a deal with. Uh, he prays for things to get better for his people, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so he prays to these demons. And he says, you can have anything that I have. And right after that, his wife has a baby. And the demons go and they take the child's limbs, skin, eyes, ears, and nose. Normal. I think those are the five. I I think it ends up being seven different things Mm -hmm. that that they take. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, because it's each each limb individually. That's four. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the eyes, Two. then the then the the ears, and the nose. That's eight. Yeah, so seven. Okay, it's seven. seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think. Anyway, so so the like this this man makes this. It's almost like he wanted something, and he didn't even. Uh, he didn't necessarily say, "I'll give you my." Like he didn't sacrifice his son for the greater good. Mm-hmm. But he, un, un, unknowingly, that's what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. So the demons took all of this, and then his son ended up being like this, just like limbless, faceless, skinless creature. Mm-hmm. And he gets rid of the baby. Like he tells like one of his servants to just like, you know, like drown it in the river mm-hmm. because it's still alive at this point. So the the baby ends up getting saved, <laughs> and the baby ends up <laughs> growing up. Okay. Uh, and then the baby ends up being able to avenge, uh, like hunt down these seven monsters. And as he does this, he starts gaining back all of the pieces that were taken from him. Mm-hmm. 
it's such a cool idea. It is. It is such a. It, ah, and the the series is really good. The new version of the series. This is the creator Amazon of right Astro Boy. This is the creator of Astro Boy. <laughs> this is the this is the story that he wrote before Astro Boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So it is. Uh, anyway, but the, but the the like the judgment part that I'm thinking of here, right, mm-hmm. is this like he prayed to these demons. These demons were like, you know, what would be good payment for this. This over here. And then he goes and instead of being like, oh no, like that was a horrible thing you did. He's like, you know what? That's fair because I, there's a lot of people that I'm taking care of and now things are going to be good. Mm-hmm. And now the, the, his son is like back taking, taking out all these demons. And then when, every time you take out a demon, it kind of like undoes the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So now like there's famine again and it's like the weather isn't great and the crops are dying and like, okay, so things are, things are getting worse as he's doing this. So the father is trying to, now he wants to kill the kid because it's to, to undo the undo. You get what I'm saying? It's like the father is, has made very clear. (laughs) He has committed to this decision that was kind of made for him, but now he is committed to like, no, you know what? This is the better outcome. It's better that my, that my son die Mm. and, and kind of for the, for the greater good. And it's, it's another one of the situations where you're like, okay, there is a greater good here. Definitely. But at the same time, I'm still rooting for this kid who like is, is suffering the consequences of what his father did mm-hmm. or what these demons did. And it's not his fault either. It's like, who's in the right, who's in the wrong. It's one of those shows where it's like, you're very clearly rooting for Dororo to, to, uh, well, actually, Dororo is not the main character. Dororo is the name of of the child that like accompanies him. I forgot uh, the main character's name, the one who who lost all of the limbs. But as this character is um, recovering, like you're rooting for him. But at the same time, every time he does that, the the overall town is suffering, mm-hmm. and people are going to die, and it's like it's going to lead to war because people are going to fight for resources. So it's one. <laughs> I like series like that where you're like, oh, like, what am I in favor of? Like, like you were talking about before, like, it, it's not like making a choice, right? Mm-hmm. But you are definitely leaning one way or another, mm-hmm. and and it is, it is uh, maybe not. So, I mean, it's definitely an, an, an ethical conundrum, mm-hmm. but it's, whew, it's, it's complicated. Like all of this is. I think that's the point, right? All of this is very complicated. Yeah, but usually to make these sort of decisions, we build a code of ethics, right? It's it's something we do in preparation for the possibility of having to be faced with these sort of decisions. And that's that's part of why I, I wanted to bring this up. Like as a medical professional, I'm not a medical professional, but as a medical student who aspires to be a medical professional, right? I've had to consider making a code of, like building a code of ethics for myself. Because you can usually find yourself in situations where you have to make a decision for a patient who cannot advocate for themselves, right? And who doesn't have like what we call a proxy or somebody who made decisions for them. So, well, as a the physicians have a code of ethics mm-hmm. by by their profession, right? Defined by their profession. Um, we have a code of ethics, but it doesn't necessarily always sort of answer these ethical dilemmas. A lot of you don't have a decision tree provided by the by the physicians association on choosing who lives and who dies. No, actually, we have a board of yeah. ethics, which is composed of people who sort of make up these decisions as they go. Because not we we do have sort of like 
algorithms, but they don't they don't apply to every situation. And people are universes in and of as of themselves. Sometimes these decisions, you know, it's not enough the algorithm that we have, and that's why usually hospitals have boards of ethics, right? Or they have somebody who's literally in charge of, you know, ethical decision making. But when you do that, you have to take into consideration the the physician, the doctor that's working with the patient, the patient's previous wish, wishes, their family, and there's a lot of people that have to go into that process. But as a physician, when you're brought into the process, you have to be clear what sort of principles are more important to you as a physician and which ones are less important to you. Like, for example, there's the principle of like autonomy, right? How important is it for a patient to have their their decisions respected versus, for example, uh, beneficence, which is like um, a patient, a, a doctor's responsibility to good to do good by that patient, right? Or to like not hurt that patient physically, um, which is non-maleficence. And sometimes those principles go come into into question, right? It gets very complicated, but. With if you have like a code of ethics built in, and sometimes you actually have to write it down, um, those decisions become a lot simpler. And sometimes you have to make that that sort of process of writing it down, because when you make moral or ethical decisions, just like in the moment, sometimes you're bound to make things that you're going to regret later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the idea of writing, like having a clear code to follow, mm-hmm. whether it's moral, ethical, whatever type of code, mm-hmm. I think, ooh, I mean, these conversations are, are most interesting when when they challenge your notion of, of your code, right? Mm-hmm. And so the idea that you write everything down and it's like clear cut seems so... Uh, far-fetched to me it's not right it almost seems it it seems um Mm -hmm. what's the word like it doesn't seem it doesn't seem realistic Mm -hmm. and i know what you mean right like there's a reason why we have these code of ethics and we have these rules and things but then you always find yourself in these situations you're like oh wait a minute but maybe maybe not Hmm." or something brand new that that kind of doesn't fit in there at first, at first glance, it might, but then you look at it a little closer and you're like, oh, wait a minute, this is more complicated. Which is why ethics is an ever-developing field, right? You can have a code of ethics, and part of, I think one of the most important things about a, a code of ethics is that it's meant to change informed by your experiences, right? Because a code of ethics is not meant to be like a, a solid algorithm of what you should and shouldn't do in certain situations. It's supposed to be a guide of what your values are at the moment and what fundamental questions you have to take into consideration when making a judgment that you might otherwise forget, right? That's funny because I think uh, when I think of a code of ethics, I think of it as exactly a like a rule book. Mm-hmm. It's like I think I think it's only I think it's. Obviously, it's impossible. I, like I said before, mm-hmm. for it to actually be helpful in every in one hundred percent of the situations. Mm-hmm. But ideally, you want it to be as close to that as possible. Mm-hmm. And one thing may be like a guide, but a guide that doesn't actually give you the answers isn't isn't super helpful in when when things get hard. Mm-hmm. It's only super helpful if it's clear and it removes any 
any possibility for for doubt. Mm-hmm. And if it comes to regret, I don't think that the I don't I don't know that the purpose of a code of ethics is for you to not feel regret afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 there's so many reasons why you might regret a decision afterwards. Mm-hmm. No, that's <laughs> oh. true. There's there's a lot oh. of reasons why you might regret a decision, but like part of the the reason why we make a code of ethics is that you can sort of trust that you at least you know took into consideration a lot of things before making a judgment, right? Instead of just you know making the judgment without any prior study, right? I think part of the of role of the of a code of ethics is giving you a process by which you can make ethical judgments. So for example, for for doctors there's a there's a method called like the four square method. And it's literally when you take a patient and you have a case, you have to think about a lot of things. You have to think about, you know, what the patient's condition is, what the patient's sort of like economical variables are, what you know, their their options are medically, what they wanted, what their religion and culture is, all those things, you have to take them into consideration. If you don't have a code of ethics that tells you these things are important, when you make a, a an ethical decision, you're going in blind. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think we're so far, like professional ethics is so far from good versus evil and a dictionary definition of judgment Mm -hmm. (laughs) that um i feel it's like a different conversation the wrong one (laughs) like making making a a conclusion with you know the the available facts you make ethical judgments right yeah yeah, but but yeah i don't i don't know again we're i I feel like we're very far from good versus uh, Mm -hmm. evil yeah like to to me, like okay, so what if I didn't follow the code of ethics? I'm not saying because you know, I, that doesn't make right? you good or like, evil. Like, no, 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 no. But I say if you don't follow the code of ethics, there's like some punishment involved from from the licensing board or the association of whatever profession it is. Mm-hmm. There's like then there's consequences and there's all of these other things that 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 go into play that fall. A, yeah, I think this whole conversation makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I think those punishments don't really respond to ethics, but rather to the integrity of an institution, right? You get punished for not following a code of ethics because when you become part of an institution, you're expected to follow particular rules. And when you don't follow those rules, the institution has to sort of like, well, it is tasked with giving you an appropriate form of judgment so that the institution keeps its its integrity. Like doctors, if, if if you go in as a surgeon drunk, the institution, like being the, the medical board, right, that gives you a license to practice, has to make some form of judgment in both senses, right? Make the judgment of whether you are in your right mind to make that decision, but also make the judgment of should this person still have a license what should we do, right? And that's why institutions have a, a code of ethics. Yeah, uh, but again, like I think the the rules and the stuff that were <laughs> it's so frustrating. I'm trying to not fall in these traps. <laughs> damn it, John. But like, but like, I mean, I think we're I think we've gone too far off of like the good versus evil thing mm-hmm. versus like, oh, this is like, there's a profession and there's like uh there's like a a 
a better way to do things. They're like, this is the way that people live and this is the way that people die. Mm-hmm. And these, this code of ethics or this thing is, is designed for, to, to improve the odds that people will, mm-hmm. you know, improve the outcomes, right? Like the medical outcomes, uh, versus like, that was shitty what you did. I disagree. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very, very complicated discussion, isn't it? Um, well, I, th- I think, I, th- I don't know. I feel like we spiraled, uh, into, into beyond. Mm-hmm. Again, I think, like, like, I think it's, it's a different topic. <laughs> I, I personally don't believe it's, it's a different topic. Evil is a very charged word, but if we turn things into good or bad, you know, the the decisions we make when you make ethical judgments you're saying is it better or is it worse to do x or y right essentially you're still debating good or bad <laughs> being a good or bad uh like surgeon is different than like being a good or bad person is kind of what i'm what i'm getting at that once you once you start looking at at specific fields or specific mm-hmm. rules or scientific methods and, and different things. It's different than like the big picture of, of good versus evil and, and judgment. I, it's, I feel like we're, we're super focused in on the weeds and I don't know. I don't, I, have no, I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> it, that's philosophy for you guys. So <laughs> I guess yeah. that w- dis- disagreeing on definitions, disagreeing on, you know, fucking words, words. Ugh, that's, so that's a very important part of philosophy, right? When, what we consider, you know, good or bad or ethical judgment or not ethical judgment. I think it's, that's still a very important sort of like distinction to, to make. And I would really love it if, you know, some people from an audience would let us know what their thoughts are, right? Like whether does the, the concept of creating a code of ethics play into the original concept of like good or bad or doesn't it right um i think all of these discussions are definitely worth having and i personally am an advocate for building ethical guidelines or codes of ethics because i think personally that they definitely inform our decisions as we go on and you're free to tell me otherwise right um in the forums in the discord and all the many ways we have for you to communicate with us. I think that's that's all we have for for ethical judgments, right, Josue? Is there anything, any other like disturbing questions that you don't want to answer that you would like to add into the discussion? There's a bunch of them, yeah. So <laughs> first of all, no, I'm not going. I'm not falling into your trap. See, like now it's ethical judgment. Before it was like good and evil judgment. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, I'm just I hate words right now. <laughs> For, for the record, I agree with you on the code of ethics. Thing. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a it's a different topic. I think mm-hmm. like a whole other episode. But that's not what the next episode is going to be because it's my turn to choose, and I'm not choosing code of ethics. You're choosing morality. No. <laughs> so, what are you choosing? What's your what's your your pick? Here's, here's my choice. When we were talking about psychopaths, okay, I got really excited because it's a science fiction anime. Mm-hmm. I think that there are some awesome science fiction animes out there okay so this one i think it'll i think it'll lead into an interesting discussion i want us to talk about our favorite version of the future 
favorite versions of the future that have been represented in anime? Favorite as in, I would like to live there or favorite as in, you know, it's an interesting concept. Either, either like, whatever, like however, if there's like a, a dystopic universe that I find very interesting, like, but I definitely if would that's not your like favorite, to, then that's your favorite. Okay, whatever. What are your favorite versions of the future? Okay, interesting. I want to talk about that because because I think what what I love about science fiction is that they allow us to imagine mm-hmm. futures that po- that we possibly could not. Yeah, they help us do that, and and so. So that is that. That's what I want to do. I haven't even thought about it. I was just like, damn, like psychopaths. Like that would be crazy if that's the world that we lived in. And then I started just like my mind started wandering to all these other yeah. future anime. No, and and yeah. it's not just about you know what life could be in the future. It also informs decisions we make today. Like when we were having the discussion on psychopaths, mm-hmm. it's telling us like even if we had a gun that told us like. You know, this person will 100% commit a crime. Will we still make that decision? And I think that sort of like hypothetical thinking is important to make decisions about, you know, things that are happening right now. Yeah, it's those what if scenarios, mm-hmm. right? It's like, what if this was different? How would you, how would you, how would you live your life? How would you, how would people do the things that they do? If this one thing was different, if that thing existed. So, yeah. So it's like hypothetical future scenarios or favorite hypothetical future scenarios, right? Favorite sci-fi, favorite futures presented in sci-fi anime. Sci-fi anime. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it's a, it's a, if it's a, if, if they're showing the future, it's, it's automatically science fiction. Yeah. Um, not necessarily. I think science fiction okay. has to include Test some form of like, me on that. science. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Are we going to have this discussion now or we'll have if, it? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. yeah no, like, but pr- pr- give me one example of a future of a story in the future that wouldn't, that couldn't, could not be considered science fiction. Okay. Th- think about, okay. <laughs> it's not technically in the future, but. You already lost. But already wait a done. minute. Wait a minute. It's not technically in the future, but if Star Wars was situated in the future, which it could totally be. It's not necessarily a science fiction because it doesn't grapple with the idea of like, what if this scientific concept was explored further? And I think that's the like the basis of like sci-fi. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to entertain what you just said. I am part of the Star there's, Wars is fantasy club. There's there's alien. Don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not saying it's not fantasy. I'm saying it's hard to make an argument that it's not also science fiction. It's fiction. It's space. There's spaceships. Fiction. There's other. There's other races. But it's space fiction. It's different planets. There's science there. Where's the science? What do you mean? Where's the science? Science is like all encompassing. You're showing. You're showing different worlds with different landscapes, different species. Yeah, but is that is there's is that technology suppo- all is, over the place? Is that supported by science? I mean, in fantasy, you can have technology. Like Final Fantasies usually have like this sort of like like steampunk look but they're not necessarily sci-fi sci-fi requires that you have like a like a scientific question in your writing listen i'm so unimpressed by your argument that i'm not even going to engage let's wrap us up let's take us home i'm not even gonna we're gonna discuss this later (laughs) were you gonna use psychopaths as your example or were you gonna use something else no, no, no. If I, if I, I mean, you know, psychopaths counts. I mean, just general, I can, I can tell you right now, some of my, my favorites are, um, uh, Gundam and, uh, Ghost in the Shell. There's a lot of ideas there that I, whoa, 
and it's not they're not like happy futures necessarily mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're my favorites for the way that they explore particular ideas yeah. i'll definitely think of possible favorites but i think right now psychopaths is definitely taking the cake for me um okay yeah yeah so thank you so much for listening to this confusing round of otaku ryoho if you have questions if you have answers for any of us definitive answers on ethical issues just write them in the forums on forum.geektherapy.com and you can communicate with us on the discord and on the twitter which you're gonna have those links on the show notes thank you so much for listening and hope to see you guys next time metaphorically speaking bye (laughs) because we're a podcast and you can't see us i get it